Welcome to Men Alive, where we examine biblical principles for conforming to the image of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Paul Estabrooks. Our teacher is my longtime friend, Dr. Jim Cunningham, a consultant in adult education and director of Go Teach Global. During the time Jesus lived and taught here on earth, there was a very strict religious group called the Pharisees, meaning the separated ones. They were a small but highly visible minority group. Jim, what can we learn about these men, and who are the equivalent people today? Good question. The Pharisees were the primary and constant threat to the earthly ministry of Jesus Christ. Sources suggest there were perhaps 6,000 in total during the years Christ taught his disciples. To the Pharisee, the Torah, law, was not only the law, but also contained the instructions for daily life. They believed the Babylonian exile was due to the Jewish people's failure to keep the Torah. These men were the teachers of the law. They met, studied, and interpreted situations not mentioned in Scripture. Their decisions were binding on the people. So they followed Jesus constantly to make certain he was not teaching the people false views. The Pharisees were threatened by anyone else who spoke with authority but was not one of them. Luke vividly describes the Pharisees who loved to walk around and be highly visible in flowing robes, a cut above the dress of the ordinary people, and be properly greeted in the marketplace, and they had to have the most important seats at meetings and the place of honor at a banquet. I once heard a speaker say, young men want power, middle-aged men want prestige, and old men want honor. The Pharisees wanted all three. John the Baptist called them a brood of vipers. They were angry, and they said, We have Abraham as our father. John warns the Pharisees that out of these stones God can raise children of Abraham, so beware Pharisees. Let's take a walk through the book of Matthew, which was written to the Jews, to meet this mysterious group of men and see what we can learn to improve our service for Jesus Christ among today's Pharisees. First, Pharisees were very strict. Pharisees observed every Old Testament law. Before his conversion, the Apostle Paul was Saul of Tarsus. He shared his family background by saying, I lived as a Pharisee, according to the strictest sect of our religion. Pharisees were legalistic. Little joy, life was law, law was life. There were 613 laws in the Torah. The Pharisees added the traditions of the elders, such as washing hands before eating. To them, actions were more important than relationships. Compare this with what the prophet Micah writes. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God? Even after accepting salvation by grace through faith in Jesus of Nazareth as their personal Messiah, some Pharisees had a long, hard struggle to be free of past legalism. In Acts 15.5, some argued at the Jerusalem Council, it is necessary to circumcise new Gentile converts and to direct them to observe the law of Moses. 
This view generated an exhaustive debate over what additional requirements should be put on Gentile Christians after they receive Christ by faith as their Savior. Fortunately for all Gentile men, legalism was overruled by liberty. Peter, himself a Jew, helped the Pharisees see that they should lay no greater burden than a few agreed scripture essentials found in Acts 15.20. A leader who wants to add anything to your faith in Jesus Christ beyond Ephesians 2.8 and 9 is in all likelihood a Pharisee. You are listening to Men Alive with Dr. Jim Cunningham from Go Teach Global. At the end of the program, we'll share how and where you can ask your pressing questions of Dr. Jim. But right now, what are the other characteristics of Pharisees, Jim? Pharisees were self-righteous. Jesus knew this fact when he told the people, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. And Luke records a quick insight into the lifestyles of the Pharisees. They were proud. The Pharisee stood and was praying in the temple, God, I thank thee that I am not like other people, swindlers, unjust, adulterers. In their mind, they were super spiritual in their actions and their behavior. Spiritual, but arrogant. And they were zealous. I fast twice a week. I pay tithes of all that I get. Wow. They dressed righteously. They looked righteous. They acted righteously. They talked righteously. They prayed righteously. How much better could a man get than all this evidence of true spirituality? Some pastors dream of a church filled with men who tithe, fast, and pray. Pharisees appeared outwardly moral. The Apostle Paul admits that his life as a Pharisee was blameless by their laws. He says, I was circumcised the eighth day of the nation of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to the righteousness which is in the law, found blameless. What a man, what a life. But he admits that compared to knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord, all of these outwardly moral actions were rubbish, or whatever word your culture may choose to use. Anyone who seeks to gain salvation and get to heaven on their own good works apart from accepting the shed blood of Jesus Christ as the payment for their sins is at best deceived and at worst a Pharisee. Pharisees were very critical. Whenever the Holy Spirit is at work, there will be criticism. After Jesus had cast out a demon, the Pharisees were quick to criticize and say, He casts out demons by the ruler of demons. Hold on. Let God be the judge. Let God take the vengeance. God will defend his church, his body, and his bride. Even today, we can experience attacks of critical hostility just by mentioning the teachings of a person that someone else does not like. Pharisees were very critical. They were also sign seekers. Teacher, we want to see a sign from you. The Pharisees heard what Jesus said. They witnessed his abilities to do miracles. 
But just to be certain that he was the Messiah, they wanted a sign. It does not say what would have satisfied them as a sign, but think about today. We do the same thing. We have the Bible, we have the church, we have the power of the Holy Spirit living within us upon salvation, but still some say, give us a sign and then we will believe. Graciously tells sign-seeking Pharisee-like friends, God is at work, Jesus is alive, the Bible is real, we have the gift of the Holy Spirit, Jesus has given us all power and all authority to go and make disciples. Let's stop demanding God do something our way to prove something we already by faith believe. Pharisees were tradition worshippers. They worried about tradition and rituals and regulations more than people, relationships, and growth. A potentially divisive issue in many churches could be called worship styles, especially as it relates to music. While music is but one aspect of worship, it has transitioned in many churches from soft a cappella harmony to pump organs to electric organs to guitars to drums to electric guitars to amplified rhythm. New songs are sometimes a challenge for those who worship their traditional hymns. Christ warned us to beware the leaven of the Pharisees. One puffed-up Pharisee in a church can affect an entire congregation by their teaching. Pharisees were manipulative. Jesus penetrated their mind, heart, and spirit with his gracious responses to their trick questions on a series of sensitive topics like divorce, They asked, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any cause at all? And taxes, is it lawful to give a poll tax to Caesar or not? And which is the great commandment in the law? Notice the repetition of the phrase, is it lawful? Pharisees betray their legalistic and manipulative spirit in the questions they ask. Pharisees were lovers of money. Now the Pharisees, who were lovers of money, it says in Scripture, were listening and scoffing at him. Christ must have known there were Pharisees within earshot when he said, No man can serve two masters. You cannot serve God and mammon, or riches. Since Scripture says the love of money is the root of all sorts of evil, the Pharisees were, in essence, evil. Their hatred of Jesus came from a fear of what he was seeing in them. Some of the Pharisees were in thick with the Roman rulers and did not want their positions of power disrupted or they feared having this happen. Jesus reveals some further insights into their character. They are hypocrites. They say things and do not do them. They are legalists. They put heavy loads or laws on men's backs yet do not help them. They are proud. They do all their deeds to be noticed by men. Pharisees were members of a very strict men-only religious club. But instead of encouraging one another to love and good deeds, they became a legalistic, self-righteous group who imposed their views on everyone else without grace, mercy, or justice. As we become conformed to the image of Christ, we have a powerful impact on the Pharisees in our world who are watching our lifestyle of fearless love and liberty in Christ. At all 
times, men, we must love Pharisees and pray for them. One of the boldest, most zealous Christians in church history was at one time a Pharisee, Saul of Tarsus, who became the Apostle Paul. Thanks, Jim. There you have it, men. The Pharisees of Jesus' day are also alive and well today. They will seek to discourage you, defeat you, and if necessary, shut you up, shut you out, shut you off. But keep standing strong through the storm. Keep moving forward following the leading of the Holy Spirit of God. For a printed copy of this program's teaching or with any questions you may have, email Dr. Jim. His address is God at gmail.com. Men Alive is a production of Go Teach Global. For more information, go to our website at www.goteachglobal.com. Until next time, I'm your host, Paul Estabrooks, on behalf of Dr. Jim Cunningham, encouraging you to be men alive, conform to the image of Jesus Christ.